1: Welcome to another episode of Subconscious Realms. I'm your host, General Lee, and for tonight we are undoubtedly getting our minds blown with uh, tonight's extraordinary returning guest, talking next level, elite level. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. He's an artist, I and mean, for me, um, did, I'm, this artist just crazy, how good. it is. um, you, the unique side, of just everything about it. Uh, and it's that good. He actually designed um a t-shirt fucking pink blood. <laughs> Crazy. That's just uh I mint mean that. Um, but he's also an author, elite level researcher, and the host and creator of Meta Mindcast. So Robbie Marks. Uh, now then Robbie. <laughs> hey Lee. Yeah,
0: yeah. Thanks,
1: thanks. Good, good, good. Yeah, I'm still um, so like proper chuff that you the pink void design mate <laughs> yeah, yeah it's brilliant mate it's brilliant yes,
0: that. i'm glad that uh that i could pull that one off you know <laughs> yeah 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 got they, me, they got me working on a grateful dead dark star t now so really yeah yeah
1: right this uh I bet that quick don't mate. That that must feel brilliant map too, because how long you've been doing it for and and how hard how hard you work doing it as well. You know, yeah, I've done, that, couple, I've done a couple Appreciation.
0: Yeah, I've done a couple Grateful Dead things over the year, uh, over the years and uh you know it's uh I just uh, am oftentimes surprised with, with the jobs that come around, you know. So
1: Yeah, I bet you want to mate. Yeah, it's incredible, Robert. You yeah. um, deserve it, mate. As well to be noticed, like you know, the talent. Like I said, is so unique.
0: Thanks, man. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's not. It's all you as well. Makes it even better. Mate. Yeah, um, I definitely. Not, it's not. It's like sorry, mate, but it, it like uh, it reflects in in like how you are as well you know by commitment side of it and stuff yeah it's uh you know
0: our arduous work man um it's a labor of love um a lot of times you know i mean it's it's a struggle between doing work and taking care of life you know because i would like to just sit and do art all the time but you know i mean it's like we just got what eight inches of snow yesterday so i was out moving snow. I like
1: Oh, yeah. you, mate. You like, yeah.
0: uh, to, oh, mate. Do like you snow, do you like the snow? Yeah, I don't mind the snow. Um it's, nice. it's you know, it's beautiful when it first drops and then when it starts to melt it gets a little dirty. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But Yeah. But no, I like I like the four seasons, you know.
1: Yeah, we have proper seasons, they are nice Yeah, yeah. So, um oh, mate. um i tell you what. I um I've been looking forward to doing this one, mate. I mean he's uh I guess he's one of the most important uh, biblical figures mentioned in the book of Genesis and the Books of Chronicles. Highly con <laughs> yes, kind I mean highly controversial. Right, right. And, you know, maybe misunderstood, I don't know, but like, mm. it, it it seems very uh, interesting, right? Right. Anyway. And, interesting.
0: and well, um, before we get going, I'll just say if yeah. anybody wants to uh, book up, you know, my different uh, contact stuff as far as Instagram, Facebook, um, I have my Linktree now, which is uh, Linktree, and then just R M A R X, all one word. And that'll pull up all my, my different contacts. Um but yeah, as far as Nimrod, um yeah, it's it's just interesting because Nimrod is mentioned in the Bible in Genesis early on, and they as far as historically there's been a long debate as to whether or not he was even a real character. Um just because they can't find But in a a lot of ways, I think that Nimrod is an amalgamation of numerous characters. Um, When you get into the texts, they say that he ruled over, um, what was it? The seven seas and six lands. And in the Bible, it talks about he basically ruled over lower Mesopotamia. Um, So when you get into... You know, the lands of Lower Mesopotamia, um, Shinar, um, looking at Cana, looking at these different um, places, um, you know, there's a lot of links with him and um, Tammuz. Um, Tammuz, yes. And and much like Osiris being reborn into Horus, um, Tammuz was reborn as Nimrod so and and you know but at the same time in this area we're having a lot of different um characters being reborn or as these new gods um like in Edessa, um turkey where the acts of thomas was written you had this um who was reborn as aziz so it's like you know you see like Osiris being reborn as Horus, you see Momim as Aziz, you see Tammuz as Nimrod. Um, I think that this uh, this factor of um, the mother goddess, um, her husband dying and being reborn as her son. And then a lot of times the mother goddess would marry the son again, you know. Um, and we see that in um, in Egypt we see that in um, Babylon um, it's kind of uh, just a, a, a normal kind of uh, theme of the time you know yeah. so in ways um, when you're doing this research you know some research some people that that associate these things will say that you know Nimrod is or Horus, essentially, reborn. Um, and then even, um, you know how I, we were looking with the uh, the Book of Invasions, how we talked about yes, yes. how they sent the different tribes out after they broke up the languages? Um, yes. Well, Eber, um, who was married to the daughter of Nimrod, right? Um, Eber was allowed to keep the original tongue of the original, you know, uh language that was spoken throughout which was said to be hebrew um and then funny enough eber his son is um oh what's his oh peleg um who we see in moby dick as the captain that recruits um ishmael to go on the boat um right but but nonetheless peleg this character of peleg um, he is basically the division factor, where we have the split between the Hebrews and um, the, um, the uh, like the Turks, or the, uh, not the Mohammedans, or the Persians, the Persians. So this, uh, Peleg is where we have the split between the Hebrews and the Persians, right? And later on, um, we see um the hebrew masons and the persian masons again coming together to build solomon's temple right but this peleg this peleg character was actually the architect um for the tower of babel for nimrod so he was the one that basically drew up the plans for the tower of babel um and and it's just interesting um i've got Let me grab this real quick. No problem. I've got the uh, Masonic Encyclopedia here. The Masonic uh,
1: Encyclopedia.
0: Yeah, I picked it up at an old bookstore. um, um, Oh, it's great, man! It's a great little research tool. (laughs) Um, It's got you know over it's over a thousand pages of. That's
1: quite a lot, really, isn't it? yeah all esoteric um, I, who, who wrote it mate?
0: um ag mackie who hey. Mackey wrote a lot of esoteric um yeah, and occult, um as well as masonic texts um he translated several um like different grimoires and um he's he's a very astute and in-depth researcher right um But he has to say about Nimrod, he says um, the legend of the craft in the old constitutions refer to Nimrod as one of the founders of masonry. And like we were talking about as far as building the Tower of Babel, you know, Peleg was the architect and Nimrod was. And and you go back into the Persian texts and um, there's a character called uh, Nim Amud. I think that's how it's. Um I see i got it here. Yeah, but it was Nim Amud um, being he who makes things. So, you know, there's a lot of links between um Nimrod and Cain, believe it or not, and the Canaanites. Um, okay. because yeah, Nimrod side of it Yeah, he, he worked with fire and you know making things of of metals um very much like the uh um the rakshasas um or the canaanites and um then there's also the link to Feronius, um because nimrod was said to be the first one that brought people into cities um and basically um these were walled cities Um uh, um, but but the deal with Ferronius was um, feronius was the, the bringer of fire that basically started the first fires after the flood and brought the people out of the wilderness to gather around the fire for safety. So there's this idea that from that point um, they were brought into the cities further, you know, to to you know um, basically protect them within the walls. Um, and then it was Nimrod that was also the first one that well, let me go back to the to the mason to this uh, Masonic um writing, okay. here. Yeah. yeah, so it says, uh, thus the York manuscript we read at ye making of ye tour of Babel, there was masonry first, much esteemed of and the king of Babylon, ye was called Nimrod, was a Mason himself and loved well masons, right? Um, And then the cook manuscript um, repeats the story and this same, they call him Nembroth, N-E-M-B-R-O-T-H. So, you know, with with Nimrod, you get Nimrod, you get, um, there's a link to Nebu, um, they call him um num num numram. They call him um, we even found his name there in the um book of invasions, you know, when we were talking about that in some other form. But you see Nimrod's name in all these various forms
1: in various places. Um, Mate, yeah, I'll tell you what, when we when we was doing the book of invasions and and how when when you spotted that it's like you just it's just so unexpected mm. just think of it like it meant being mentioned there now and then it's just fucking that's me isn't it yeah yeah well because those
0: out. yeah those texts come from various points around, you know, Ireland and Britain yeah. that kind of hymns together. But it's funny how they talk about the Tower of Babel, they talk about Nimrod, they talk about the breaking up of the languages and how, you know, Phineas basically came in and and bringing that specific language. And then this whole thing that I just found with Eber, you know, being able to keep the original tongue, which was said to be he- the Hebrew language. Um, but now in this Cook manuscript that Mackie mentions in the Masonic Encyclopedia, he says, and this same Nimbroth began the Tower of Babel, Babylon, and he taught his workmen the craft of masonry, and he had with him many masons, more than 40,000, and he loved and cherished them well. Yeah, so, um, you know, within the- <laughs> The, the Masonic Encyclopedia, they credit Nimrod as being you know, one of the first masons. um and then this uh, Peleg this Peleg character, who is actually yeah. the grandson of Nimrod through his daughter, um was the the grand architect of the Tower of Babel itself.
1: Right? crazy and it? it really is right. I like
0: though with always like link to
1: masonry now um, masonry gets as well
0: right so now we've linked um the tower of babel through the book of invasions to early celtic and irish you know yes yeah, um yeah. and recently i found there's uh in hungaria there's the legend of the white stag right where they talk about the king um, they they call him Nimrod the giant, right? And he was a it's descendant. A yep, he was a descendant of Noah, and is said to be the forefather of the Hungarians. And they talk about him building the Tower of Babel again. And they said, yep, they say that he started the Tower of Babel um, two hundred and one years after the flood, and that Nimrod had twin sons. Named Honor and Megor, right? And this is May-
1: said. To me, you said
0: Megor, right? then mate yep.
1: And right, this is. We, said, go ahead. Are we talking about the same? I'm. I think I straight away, mate. I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like Megor or something. Megor, oh, I don't know. What do you think? It sounds no. like Megor, right?
0: I I did kind of <laughs> catch that as well. Um, <laughs> But uh, this this Hunor, these sons Hunor and Magor, are the origins of Hunor. Is the origin of the Huns, and Magor is the origin of the Magyars, which are the essentially yeah the Hungarians, right? That's and, crazy, that man. Right, and interestingly enough, also both um, the Hungarians and the Huns um, both have uh great skills in the bow and the arrow which um are attributed to nimrod
1: you know mate you, do you think that there could be any uh, like Scythian connection to this as well uh scythian yes. um I you, you reckon?
0: yeah it's um you know i think the scythia was a little earlier um, but I definitely think there's Scythian ties when you get into, um, Abraham coming up out of, um, what does the Bible call them? Uh, but yeah, I believe that, that, that Abraham essentially came out of the Scythians and, and, you know, um,
1: Yeah, we've I mean, got the Celtic connection as well to it. Oh, weird. Yep, yeah. Yep. Let me see. <laughs>
0: Um, this, I've got something here about that specifically the the relations of um, Abraham and Nimrod uh, but we know that that okay so yeah um, in the book of Jubilees mentions Nebrod here's another spelling N-E-B-R-O-D which is the Greek form of Nimrod as being the father of of Az- Azurad, right? Which, um, so Azurad is Nimrod's daughter who gets married to Eber, who ends up being the mother of Peleg, who's the architect. Um, yes. yeah. Let's see, but I've, I've got, where's it at? There's, there's a whole thing that basically Nimrod is um, a Hebrew himself. So, but yeah, it's just interesting um, trying to trace down um, how these different um, family lines
1: cross and intertwine, you know? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. I should imagine that a lot of that would have all, all been set up and been planned out, you know, especially with marriages and stuff. Yeah. I could be wrong, well, but you'd think that would do.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Especially when you go back into these early times, um, a lot of times the marriages were specifically set up as um, political kind of functions to link link tribes together for the purposes of trading, um, you know, to bring peace amongst tribes. Um, And, you know, even looking at like um, Solomon, you know, he was said to have 700 wives and three concubines. (sighs) you know and and when you go into that a a lot of the reason that he had so many wives was because he was opening up trade routes and opening up you know contacts with different people and and basically facilitating the movement of trade and capitalism of the time you know
1: i mean growing growing what he had as well right right Yeah. so you know first place.
0: so um now, as far as Nimrod being the first Mason, um, or one of the first Masons, I believe him and Peleg were probably the first um ones that well, but you know, and then to have 40,000 you gotta wonder. Um, I've also seen some stuff that the Zadok's um of Noah, the followers of Noah, um, were also were also Masons. Um and the Zadoks. And the just ones, the ones that practice justice or Um, but then, you know, and then it gets right into the idea of sometimes you'll see this um, this uh, argument that Jesus, um, through the translations, was not a carpenter but a stonemason instead. So you know, it gets into this idea yeah, of
1: that's interesting. That is yeah, interesting. Yeah.
0: And, and as far as the, the Masonic apron, you know, um, it talks about, um, you you see Nimrod with the Masonic apron, um, the Masonic apron, I've traced that all the way back as far as, um, Zoroastrianism. And basically at the age of 14, you would, would yeah, you would receive the sheepskin apron or bib. And basically that was your like namesake and if you yeah. did wrong to in the community around you then you know you would basically lose your apron you know um so yeah. the the masonic apron um you know goes from zoroastrianism into and i've even seen um in a couple places nimrod being related as being Zoroaster himself so the character of nimrod is a very amorphous oh, shit, within the histories you know um but now there's a, a arabic work um called kitab al magal which translates to the book of Rolls, and it states that nimrod built many cities um being had on inu um lsr um um, Siestefan, um, Ruhin, um, and um, Tel-Alan. So, you know, they talk about um, him, and there's other places where you find um, Nimrod also um, being credited with building various cities. Um, But it said that in this uh, book of roles, this Arabic work, it said that Nimrod reigned for 69 years, right? Um, But there's a Muslim work um, by Masudi, M-A-S-U-D-I, Masudi. And he says that Nimrod reigned for over 500 years over the Nabataeans. So, yeah. And uh this Muslim work said he built um Nisibis, Edessa, and the city of Haran when his grandson Peleg was 50. So um yeah, it's just interesting the t- and and Nimrod was um said to be the first one to um make bricks as well, as far as mud make bricks. bricks. Yep. Oh. Yep, that's in that Nimma, where they call him Nimma Mood, he who makes things. Um, the first thing he made was the brick, for the construction of, you know,
1: temples thing. and
0: and cities and whatnot.
1: Mate, it's just it's just crazy how like so many things are linked to one person. Yeah, it, it, the ways depicted is uh not good is it he's not portrayed to be a good character but yet yeah, you know first person to uh right great uh, great well, oh.
0: yeah he, he's he's related to a lot of firsts as far as you know the first one to make bricks being one of the original masons, um, the you know being related to Pharonius, being the one that you know lit the first fires to bring people out of the wilderness. Um, there's yeah. also there's yeah. also a story that um, um, during the time when he was building the cities, that Nimrod had a vision of a black cloth and a crown floating in the sky, and he called upon um, this maker um called Sassan um to weave the cloth and to make the crown like it which he set with jewels and it it was um basically the first crown
1: and Nimrod was the first king to wear a crown it's basically uh... it's uh Well, and
0: and that also ties in with the idea that um, Nimrod, they used to call him um, hero, right? Um, Which is where we get the origin of the word hero and um, ro, the hero um, is. Eventually went on to become the origin of the row or the royalty
1: or the royal lines of the crown. Super interesting, in it may out. I put one I mean, we've I mean, spoken about Nimrod numerous times, we have as well, but not in this uh, not in this depth, I mean.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm basically trying to go more into um, the character of Nimrod and yes. the uh, yes. brilliant. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, um, Nimrod was also the one who established fire worship. um, And it was said that he received um, instruction in divination for three years by this character Bonitare, who was said to be the fourth son of Noah, right? But now in the Cave of Treasures manuscript, which is by, I believe, an Ethiopian. Um, Later on, oh, I want to say the 4th or the 11th century. I'd have to look it up. But the Cave of Treasures says that the fourth son of Noah was um, Barvin, B-A-R-V-I-N, who instructed Nimrod. So we have two separate places here where I found that Nimrod was instructed in divination um before he established um the fire worship and the uh the uh you know um process involved in in regard to using the fire for divination you
1: yeah know? Um, You know, uh, bob Robert, it's sorry yeah. sorry to uh, just a quick one what what's your thoughts on um you know the Tower of Babble, the actual location of it? Um, yeah, you know.
0: You, um, just Mount, Mount
1: Babel. You know Mount Babble?
0: I th- there is in, a, there's a mention of something like that in Canada.
1: Yes, yes, it's in Canada. Um, yeah. What would you think of that being? Uh, is it, you know, it's not a mountain, but do you think that that could be where? Babble, yeah, or is it, it's, it's just a name of it
0: well i mean when you go back and you look at the discussion on the building of the tower of babel um it was essentially these um the the like the offspring of the nephilim being the rephaim um being like the half and the quarter stock of these um offspring of the fallen angels um and and the deal was you know, it talks about them um, stacking cyclopean blocks skyward. So, you know, as far as a mountain, um, mountains were generally the high places um, where they would circumambulate the mountain. And, you you know, you have like the Temple of Dionysus on top of mountains. You have the Temple of um you know all all these different temples through time um to to various goddesses and gods um and you know more with the tower of babel that i think what they were actually doing was um they were building this tower up into the heavens to yeah like to the doorway that entered back into the garden of eden um there's a discussion that they wanted to basically have access to the tree of life because all these uh refaim all these offsprings of the giants were afraid that when they died um they were basically stuck in matrix they became the demons that roam right. the physical yeah. earth plane and in order not to die they were trying to get access to the tree of life so that they could live forever in the fleshly bodies on earth so yeah. the the Amazing. tower, yeah, the tower itself, you know, and the fact that we have um, Peleg being the architect of the tower and Nimrod, you know, being the maker of bricks and the discussion of stacking these cyclopean blocks skyward, um, I think it's more um, related to an actual construction of a tower than a mountain. Or some, the, I've even seen some relation to the idea that the Tower of Babel was one of the pyramids.
1: You know? I know. I'll tell you what, Robert. <laughs> that would, um, look at that. that would make sense more. I've never thought of that. you know. Yeah, yeah. You that's, know, yeah.
0: That well, and well, and if, and, if and it, 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 it were, knows. yeah, if it were lightning that came down, and you know, the, Shit, the, the hand of God coming down being the lightning that basically strikes the tower that we see in the tarot cards, you know, with the tower and people falling very much like nine eleven. Um it's it's um there's the one pyramid that um, is blackened and I've even seen, you know, yeah, there's one of the pyramids that they say it got struck by lightning and basically it kind of caved in on itself. Um, but in a lot of ways, from what I've read, I think that there may be some, um, something to the idea that the pyramids themselves were alchemical, um, like, mechanisms where you know because we have like the red mercury in the temple of the vulture in south america and we found okay. you know mercury under some of these pyramids um i think that with high enough levels of electricity you know if you can call because like Zoroaster was known for calling down lightning um the, you know and and like these zadox they were the circle drawers that basically were the rain men that brought the rains. So there was this strong tradition within these lines of early, um, you figure you're you're at the point where people are moving from the hunter gatherer to more agricultural oriented societies. And in those societies, you're gonna need rain. So if you have, you know, like these people You know, and it's been a common thing through history, you know, of people coming in, the rainmakers, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and and to basically freshen the crops. And, you know, so they would have a a prosper, prosperous, bountiful harvest, you know. Um, But like um, if if there there was a long standing tradition, which you see in a lot of places of calling down lightning um, like Zoroaster, um And he, and Zoroaster, he uh, wanted, after his, you know, some say he went to heaven without having to die, much like the witnesses, whereas there's some talk that when the lightning struck him, that his followers took his ashes, and kind of, that was kind of their remembrance of Zoroaster, you know. But the, if you had the ability to call down lightning, um and you had a pyramid... Um that was full of a chamber of mercury underneath. um you could take that um, electricity and
1: potentially transmute that mercury into gold <sighs> you know?
0: and and the way the pyramids are set up, a lot of them, you know, they have underground um, like wells or or springs, um, they have underground rivers flow, you know, and so if you are calling down lightning and, you know, transforming mercury into gold, you have to have somewhere for all that extra electricity to run off to, um, which is, you know, possibly grounding, yeah. Grounding, yeah. grounding the pyramid out with the water source itself, you know, so, but yeah, that's just that's a so whole interesting little side note there yeah, yeah. You know? um but now let's see so uh where are we at here um oh and another name that nimrod is equated with is ninus um yes. n- Yeah, ninus who is the founder of nineveh and this is related by the greek historian cestus um and then we also find in homilies in the Bible, um, homilies 9, 4 through 6, where they relate Nimrod as being the same as Zoroaster.
1: Like you're saying about um, when we started, Robbie, about don't think it, possibly it's one individual. And I think that thinking that's sort of the same way now. Um, so many connections, you? right? You know, it's, it's just, just endless, aren't Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: that, now, and that's
1: what makes it so interesting, and yeah, like, so controversial, well. right,
0: right? And you know, the earliest, um, I mean, it's estimated, I guess, that Nimrod was, um, ruling, um, Mespe- or these seven seas in these six lands, Lower Mesopotamia, um around 2500-2800 BC. You know? Yeah. So um and the first temple that we find to Nimrod um called Eligi Kalama, K-A-L-A-M-A, Eligi Kalama, um, which is translates to the house of the eye of the land right and um let's see it's in in, in this temple there's a uh, there's an inscription that says the mighty king of four quarters com- conquerors of ten armies in one year so basically <laughs> you know, and Nimrod, in, after he brought people into these walled cities, he was the first one <clears throat> that, that was riding for plunder against his neighbor. Um, basically, you know, <laughs> they they had these walled cities. And then he would be like, well, you know, in order to keep all this going, we have to have resources. So the people in the walled cities, in order to stay there, were coerced. Into going out and riding for plunder, you know, and and then Nimrod is systematically building up these. And the first city that Nimrod was said to have built, um, much like Cain, was the city of
1: Enoch. So I think it was Enoch. I'm pretty sure it was Enoch. Um,
0: but yeah, it's it, you know, so now we get into the relations of Enoch, you know, and the stories. And but um the the city in some cases, um, it's almost like he named the city, um yeah. not necessarily after his son, but the city itself was his son. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Depending on how you look at the translation. Um Let's see. Um, now, as far as uh, Nimrod being the... the So when you get into the cartoons, right, you see uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, you know, calling... Yeah. Daffy Duck was the one that called Elmer Fudd Nimrod first. And he calls him his little Nimrod. And, you know, so Elmer Fudd... Yeah, Elmer Fudd is a hunter right? So Nimrod was known as the great hunter. Um, and then Bugs Bunny calls Yosemite Sam Nimrod it, at a couple points. And Nimrod or uh, Yosemite Sam, you know, he's kind of a, almost a bounty hunter, I think. Um, but he's got the guns and he's always out, you know, kind of doing his thing. Yeah. Um, but Nimrod he's was...
1: The, of yeah, I would still not. You know? I think, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, but Nimrod um, was the first, he was, some people say he was the origin of the great hunter Um, as far, because going down the line, you know, you have uh, Orion as the hunter, you have um, just various characters that are these different hunters Um, and the hunting aspect, you know, um, being kind of a thematical element because, you know, these people were reliant upon hunting, so, you know, you wanted someone who is a great hunter in your tribe, so it was kind of a esteemed kind of, you know, position, you know. Um, but now Nimrod was the first one that, um, where's the dad here? Um, but he was the the one that basically um started to use leopards for hunting and, yep and he domesticated the leopard for hunting right um he was the first to use the leopard and the cheetah the cheetah too for hunting um, and in persia um there they say that this character Hushang um builder of babylon was the first to use leopards and dogs to hunt so here we have another uh, as far as the builder of babylon um linking in with nimrod building cities um this hos hos hang may also be a name that was attributed to nimrod
1: hos hang you say that
0: yeah. yeah and and we see later on in the rites of bacchus um leopards draw his chariot and the priests of Bacchus wore leopard skin and I think that when you trace the leopard skin back um I think that Nimrod was also the one who was behind founding the mystery schools so as far as the leopard carrying forth through the mystery schools and even right up to John the Baptist we see wearing a leopard skin you know yeah and um the leopard um in the archaic was libard right and it was it yeah l-i-b-a-r-d is what they originally called the leopard and it was the only uh, animal that will catch its prey and eviscerate it or drink all its blood before it eats it right um <sighs> which kind of ties into some of the blood magic of the
1: mystery schools, right? No, yeah, um, I mean, there was one the some connection with uh, Nimrod and drinking from the gra- a grail. He used to drink blood from a grail, or, or yeah. and the grail being a human skull or something along those lines. I could be wrong on that. <laughs>
0: I think that if Nimrod was drinking from a grail, that it was a uh, starfire from. St- um,
1: starfire culture. That's it, yeah,
0: Samaramus, Samaramus, and mother Rhea kind of getting into that whole kind of, um, but yeah, we'll get into uh, some of the blood drinking here in just a minute. Um, oh, nice, and, and Libard being the leopard is also related to libato which is translates as the anointed one right which also translates to libare or liber um, which is to taste or pour a libation or to spill the blood on the ground for the ancestors right and then liber also gets into library and the library of the library book or the, the book itself, Libra. Um, so there's a link between the sacred knowledge and the sacred information moving into um, making that available through the course of the books and the libraries and you know how we had the various libraries that have burned down through time that were said to, you know, hold, hold various secrets, you know, of the ages. Um, and Nimrod with Rhea in in the uh, sexual rites, um, Nimrod was the first cuckold. Um because he would <laughs> fuck yeah. <the> hell, mate.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well he would basically um watch the sex rites as they were taking place. So while uh, Rhea, as well. <laughs> yeah, while Rhea Samarimis was doing the sex magic, um, Nimrod would be the one that would basically be running the ceremony and have to um you know watch. <laughs> um, Wait, as
1: long as you don't as long as you don't say uh it was the first peed pile, then <laughs> well
0: um, you know, I know, right? I know. Yeah, um,
1: well, I ought not.
0: So um now with the leopard skins um here i have nimrod was nebo in babylon right um Me. and again nebrod was nimrod's greek name right while um nebros n e b r o s in greek was the spotted fawn skin in the mysteries of bacchus so the 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 spotted skin that these priests would wear, from the fawn skin to the leopard yeah. skin, to these various skins, were called nebros, which I think directly rate, relates to Nimrod. Yeah, you know. Sounds um, like you
1: know.
0: Yep, yeah. and then Maybe. the word Nimir um, is the leopard in the form of liberty so we also get the ideas of liberty from this going back to the leopard and the libation and the the liber or the library book as far as bringing these things bringing
1: liberty you know right and the way the way in which you're uh, presenting this Robbie, it's, um, <laughs>
0: it's
1: brilliant
0: um so now the spots, and that was the thing, um, the spots on the skins of the, the priests of, uh, you know, uh, Bacchus, um, Nimrod, um, all the way up to John the Baptist, um, in the, within the mystery schools per se, um, these spots have um, been associated with either the shimmer and the shine of Venus being the morning and the evening star that luciferic pump, um, as well as being related to the spots on certain types of mushrooms.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. And in the mysteries of Bacchus, um, one of the things that they would do with the fawn skin um, in, in regard to the ritual practice was they would rip the fawn skin into pieces and this was related to the death of the god right and um so let's see now as far as this, the spotted skins we have the apis bull which is the spotted bull of egypt we have the spotted jaguar of the underworld which is the mayan jaguar priests right we have john the baptist with the spotted fawn skin and we have the goats of Jacob when he was Le- with Laban, um, where he separated out the spotted from the, the full skin goats. Um, and uh, let's see. Oh, I just have here in Chaldean, um, Nimrod was the subduer of the leopard um, and he was called Namir or the spotted one so Namir Rad is what they called him in uh, Chaldea Namir mm-hmm. Rad and Namir was the spotted one and Rad was the subduer as far as you know uh, domesticating
1: the leopard you know right. Like, like right. We were right. just just like uh, how crazy would that be to try and domesticate a, a leopard or a chute <laughs> <shooter> or anything <laughs> but, yeah it's just just, uh, they can't do it now.
0: Oh, they do. There's domesticated cheetahs over, oh yeah, in parts I of Africa, just... and, and they still use them for hunting.
1: So they, they, let me just get this straight. So they used uh, like leopards and cheetahs as like, just so like when you go shooting you, and you take a dog a lamp in with you. They, they used cheetahs and leopards.
0: Well, <laughs> <That's> but imagine... <laughs> Yeah, imagine you wouldn't have to have a weapon. That the that the, <laughs> the leopard itself is the weapon, and the fact that they can run so fast, they can catch anything. So you would just go out and send them after. Silence,
1: well, it's just yeah, work. yeah.
0: They do the work, They're and then you really the, the reward. Up. You know,
1: um, <laughs> they don't get any better than that, mate. Let's see. <laughs> Imagine walking down the street with, uh,
0: like, a leopard or a cheetah on a lead. What was it? Uh, Haile Selassie of uh, Rastafarianism, Um, basically uh, as King Haile Selassie, um, he he had a a leopard or a cheetah that he would walk. Um, He also had a lion that he would walk.
1: You know. I don't like I don't like you know people who've had like lines and that but yeah I guess I guess it's just something that's totally unexpected. Yeah. Uh,
0: but I would imagine, you know, if you get them from the time that they're pups when they're like brand new and you raise them up and you're all they know, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah.
1: That's, that that, that's, um,
0: that's key that I bet, Let's see. Oh, okay. So now getting into um back to Tammuz right who was re the reborn as Nimrod later on um let's see in uh a desatur- okay so um where is it at oh so uh, Tammuz right the character of Tammuz that was reborn as Nimrod um Osiris when he was in his autumnal time, when he was about to go into, when the sun was on the horizon and about to go into the underworld, um, they called Osiris Tam, which I Ah. think may may be related to Tammuz, right? Um, Because Tammuz, when you translate it, um, you get the Tam, which is perfect, and Muz is in heart or to burn so tammuz means um the perfect burning heart or fiery heart right and and we see this um fiery heart um we see osiris with a fiery heart um, we see vishnu with a fiery heart we see jesus with the fiery heart um a lot of times you'll see the pictures of jesus where he has the heart with the flames coming out of it you know yes so so that is literally that literally means Tammuz. Like who is Nimrod when you see that burning heart, right? Um, yeah. and um Nimrod, um, once he was reborn, um, he was called Nargal. And it was said he ruled for over 900 years. That right? oh.
1: all <laughs> nine hundred years.
0: <laughs> right. And um so um and then we have um the lion-headed hero or the god of the chase, right? Um being Nergal. So Nergal is the lion-headed hero, being the god of the chase, being the great hunter, being being Nimrod, right? And we see Zeus gave Orion the lion skin to Hercules. So the lion-headed hero of Nimrod transitions through zeus and the lion skin is given to hercules which he wears um as a sign of some say a warrior others say as a sign of being enlightened or becoming the enlightened one um being the lion being the symbol of the sun nimrod being the first sun king you know all this stuff just interrelates yeah, yeah. um Yep, yeah, Um, uh, says Nimrod was the first to be called a shepherd king, right? So when we get into the shepherd kings coming into Egypt and overthrowing the, um, the rituals of Osiris and the labyrinthian practices that were going on. Um, and again, I have here, you know, Nimrod was the first to be called hero or the hero the rose royalty and he's presented in this case with the crook and the crozier of the egyptians wearing a goatskin apron of the ma- masons
1: oh.
0: now as far as as far as his lineage right um, nimrod was the grandson of ham um and There's some places I found where, um, son of Ham is directly translated into Hermes.
1: Hermes.
0: Right. Which is what leads me to believe that there's some distinction, um, between, um, Hermes and, um, Thoth, um, and and i've I've got this whole kind of diametric breakdown I've come up with that there was actually two Nimrods, Nimrod the lesser, and Nimrod the greater. And Nimrod the lesser was the older Nimrod, which directly ties in with Hermes and Thoth. Um, and I think that that um, he was the first Nimrod. Um, that basically was behind building all these cities. Um, but I think it was the second Nimrod that was behind building the Tower of Babel. So.
1: Robert, do you think. Um, do you think that he have anything to build in it? Or do you think it was perfect? Oh, the
0: pyramids. Yeah, that's. Well, when you get into the pyramids. Um, and the shepherds, shepherd kings come, so Nimrod is the first shepherd king, right? And then we have the shepherd kings coming into Egypt and basically taking over Southern Egypt. Because um, right. you have it divided into the Northern and the Southern and the Southern was red and the Northern was white. And right. um, so you have this red and white imagery that we see um, handed down through royalty into present days. Um, but it was the shepherd kings basically um related to set or seth or setos um that basically came in and ended um osiris's labyrinthian because if you get into the masonic line of thinking and osiris um you know he's the good guy um if you get into seth and the biblical kind of thinking um seth was the good guy so you have this diametric opposition between these two lines of thinking of Osiris and Set or Seth, and if you go to the Egyptian page of antiquities right now, um, they don't call Set Set; um, they call Set Seth. Um, so they're the, yet yeah, even the modern Egyptian antiquities department is directly relating Set to the biblical character of Seth. Um, but nonetheless the shepherd kings came in and ended these labyrinthian practices of osiris um, and basically you know cut up osiris into the pieces um, which we're going to get up into this this cutting into pieces like the the uh spotted fawn skin of the priests of bacchus was ripped into pieces uh, much like osiris was cut into pieces and um, Nimrod, what, he had his head cut off um, in the Bible, but there's other stories where he as well was cut into pieces. Um, and then Mother Rhea or Samarimus, who was Nimrod's wife or Tammuz's wife, um, basically when we have the fall of the Tower of Babel and Virgil tells us that um, Samarimus had her head cut off essentially and and her name was changed to juno and then juno went to italy juno. yep juno went to italy and it was you know the story of romulus and remus as far as the fo- the foundation of rome itself um i was just reading plutarch in his live series um yeah. and he basically within his discussions on romulus says that Romulus was the son of Rhea, or also called as Sylvia. So we see Rhea Samarimus losing her power in Babylon, fleeing to Italy, and they ba- I believe basically setting up the next stage of these serpent kings' um, bloodlines and moving them to Italy, and then what's even more odd is that um, when um, when Romulus dies in one of the stories, um, he's – I think it was Romulus. I'd have to look this up again. Um, maybe it was some – it was Rhea's – it was either – I think it was Romulus. But when he died, he was cut up, and the senators that killed him um, – smuggled his body parts away so we see this consistency theme through history of these serpent kings um being cut up being decapitated yeah. being you know it's kind of a and and just like the
1: dismantles um, completely even open it
0: yeah well in and within the osiris mythology you know um isis um which when you get into the different translations of the different scripts around the area, Isis in one of her scripts says, you know, to those that call me mother Rhea, Samarimus, you know, and she basically says that all these names are her name. So Isis is potentially, Rhea, is potentially the mother of Romulus who started Rome, um, who was a temple priestess, who was, they called the temple priestesses in Rome the Lupa or a wolf. So it says Romulus and Remus were raised by a wolf, a she-wolf. She so the, 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 the temple priestess was a lupa or a wolf. And you know, you trace this mother Rhea who birthed Romulus back to Samarimus, who's you know, married to Nimrod, who was the, Isis says she was Samarimus. Um, who was married to Osiris and all of these characters that are related to this goddess are cut up in some form or another. So back to who was Nimrod. And, And as Nimrod spread through all these different countries, you know, it says he conquered 10 armies here. It says he ruled over the seven seas and the six lands. As he was in these different lands, you know, he took on different names. So, you know, and if we look up Osiris in the um, Masonic encyclopedia that I just had out, it talks about Osiris going out and like civilizing people and bringing um, cities and civilization. And so again, that's that's the same description that we've discussed in regard to what nimrod was doing
1: you know yeah it's uh, you know i i just didn't realize there would be so much but so much i i wasn't even aware of it like, right really brilliant, brilliant this mate. i you've mean, uh must have spent some fucking hours looking into this mate
0: so now um <laughs> right it's 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 a pretty deep subject man
1: it really it's brilliant
0: um now um in samaria um demuzi was the nimrod character Refuge. yeah demuzi and um before being resurrected is symbolically the serpent god with a star being the constellation of aquela in the serpent and scorpio region right and scorpio being the eagle right because we have the different levels of scorpio as far yeah. as from the lowest to the highest um scorpio being the eagle this makes nimrod the serpent in the serpent in the eagle of the constellation of Aquila, which directly ties nimrod in with the stars you know as far yeah. as astrologically right yeah. Yeah. and in samaria um the two biggest festivals were to tammuz um marrying the bridegroom being samarimus and nana ishtar um and then the other festival is the weeping for tammuz or Demuzi, right which um when you get into Damuzi, um, he was actually killed by a wild boar, um, which is related wow. by many people to. He was the first gourd king or the first god king. Um, and it's related to the Easter ham and the 40 days of Lent is related to the weeping time over the fallen um, god Temuz or Tamuzi, right? Yeah. Um, and in the Chaldean, um, we have Bacchus. Who, you know, is related through the mystery schools with the with the leopard skin. Um and the ba- the Chaldean Bacchus is the lamented one. And they that. weep, yep, yeah, they weep over Bacchus because he was torn to pieces. Just like they tore the the fawn skin to pieces. Um let's see. Uh I don't want to get into that, um. But let's uh, let's look at if I can find. Do you have any questions, man?
1: Questions, mate. <laughs> I'll tell you what, mate. Yeah. What What is your shit? Um, what's your um, take on uh, Nimrod being Gilgamesh?
0: I think it's a possibility.
1: I love that, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it, it's just it, it, Just a few I think what a bit a bit uncertain on, on that one, uh, Robert. I don't know if you'd be able to help with it. Um <laughs> but like isn't the um the the size of Gilgamesh he was meant to be a big dude hunter
0: yeah gilgamesh i think was an offspring of he was either um an offspring of a fallen angel or a fallen angel himself um and that gets and that gets back into the hungarian stories um where they call him nimrod the giant hey mate you know
1: yes
0: yes and now, you know, Gary Wayne, you know, we've talked about this before, Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the giants, I mean, you know, you think giant tall, you know, and some of these, like, uh, what was it, Game of Thrones, where they had the giants on the other side of the ice wall, you know, and yeah. they were very tall, but I think that that's actually inaccurate, because when you get into the texts, um, they say they were more squat. And they were really wide.
1: Well, wide, you know? yeah. yeah, like yeah. tanks.
0: Right. And Nimrod um was known for the width of his chest and the power in his chest. You know, and you think you think about lifting these uh, cyclopean stones and stacking them, you know, these these guys had to be just like, you know, squat power lifters, man. You know. Well, you know yeah, it sounds it, doesn't
1: it, mate? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right yeah definitely mate definitely it, it's like as well with uh, the the bedwalk found was it the ox bed king gog like a, and it was like a huge dimensions on it you think mm. it will be is that all right like is, it, is it king of the the bed
0: um yeah there was there's a few different stories of these all right, okay. beds um but in yeah. babylon yeah there's the story where they built the bed at the top of the, uh, ziggurat and that, that the God would actually come down and, and, you know, have coitus with, um, the per the, the girl that they would put up with, you know, put up there as being chosen. Um, yeah. yeah and I think these beds, um, they might even have been made in like Fibonacci numbers. Um, but yeah, it was, it
1: was they have a big head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. From like, from what I I uh, um, thought of Nimrod, it was it was just like a normal dude, but um, because of some garments, which is the next question here, um, it became a um, goblin, or it became something like. Um, something made him more powerful, uh, maybe up some through rituals some shit like that. Yeah, that, that, was, that's a strong possibility.
0: That is interesting. Um, yeah. as far as when, when you know, the there's a couple stories of people coming, Gaborim, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's, it, there's definitely some factor. I think in in changing the physiology of the individual, like they accepted something within them that changed them, and I don't know if that was necessarily um, a physical um, change, um, kind of like you see, you know, in Prometheus, you know, when he drinks the the potion, and and you know. Um, or if it was maybe possibly even a sort of possession, as far as allowing yeah, yeah. the spirits of those fallen yeah. ones, you know, the ancestors hidden in the earth, allowing them to come and to
1: occupy the the body, you know. Yeah, like, like sort of like selling your soul like, to to the um, right and whatever it is, you know, like some ritual or something. I will tell you what, mate it's uh isn't it? yeah a of... oh, on, it's yeah. just uh it's a lot mate this it's a lot a one one character uh yeah well, right they're saying what, what in one character i don't think i think I, I've, I've got to spray that way maybe now so
0: um now let's get into the whole um skin or the garment
1: yes the skin yes that's what i am very interested
0: in that so um if you go back into the earliest you know um discussions of the creation and manifestation of reality as we know it um the hebrew rabbis talk about the elohim had to make garments for um the the divine couple or, or adam or depending on which way you want because there are some cases where eve was made first and adam came from eve eve came from adam then you had lilith and adam and lilith flew and they made eve from adam you know Um, but nonetheless this garment that the elohim made for humankind um i believe was the skin that we're in the meat suit the body Um, That allows the soul to nest, you know, in the spirit that resides in the blood so that the that our consciousnesses can occupy the bodies that we're in. And I believe that these bodies are those garments that the Elohim created. Right. So. Right. So when Adam and Eve died, um, there was talk that their skins were preserved. And kept in the cave of treasures. Um, and really? then, oh yeah. And, <laughs> and well, that's the whole matter of and you know, basically in the cave of treasures, um, the daughters of, of Adam and Eve went to covort with the children of Cain, and basically they were corrupted, so they weren't allowed to enter back into um the cave of treasures right and the cave of treasures was inside of a mountain and had actually a uh the well of jacob in it um or one of the wells of jacob but that i believe that mountain was occulted and kind of um hidden away and and they weren't allowed to return because they had been corrupted by i think what would essentially be the physical aspects of what reality is um yeah. And so it wasn't until they said Noah um, was born, you know, and he was pure enough to, to be able to actually go back into the cave to get these skins of Adam and Eve and transport them across on the ark,
1: right? Let me get a right. drink. Oh, no problem, mate. Super interested in this, Robert. Right? Really I love it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, so, um, now. Rabbi Eliezer, we're talking circa 833 AD. So this is after the fact. um, He relates that Nimrod inherited the garments of Adam and Eve from his father Cush, which made him invincible. Right, and then he, yeah, he defeated the Japhetites and uh, assumed rulership over them. Um, And later.
1: And was that because of the uh well did it have a major passion in winning wearing this garment
0: well so yeah if you get into the like jaffet talks about him wearing the garment um and hunting um basically there's stories that nimrod would put this skin on and go hunting and while he was (laughs) yep because he's the great hunter right and this is the skin is what made nimrod the great hunter because Nimrod, once he put this skin on, he would go out into the wilds and none of the animals were afraid of him because the skin
1: smelled
0: oh. of paradise.
1: So, is that what you sm- meant? That's how you saw when you told me before we was recording, you mentioned yeah. the yeah. smell of it. Yeah, right.
0: It's because, the, and, and again, um, the smell of the skin is also mentioned when. Um, uh, Jacob is receiving the blessing of Abraham, um, and basically when, um, because Jacob takes Esau's place, um, because, um, basically Esau's favored, um, and everybody sees it, but the patriarch, um, um, is it, uh, who's Jacob and Esau's father?
1: Is it, uh, Abraham, let me look real quick So Jacob and Esau's father,
0: um, let's see. Son of Isaac. So Isaac was the offspring of of Abraham. Um, so Isaac is going to give the blessing. To Esau. He's like the favored son. He's always bringing in the good food from the hunt. Um, Jacob is more effeminate. Um, He's more interested in higher realms of thinking. Esau is more uh, lascivious and interested in earthly pleasures. And everybody sees it but Isaac because he's blind. Um, And so, you know, um, Rebecca basically sends Esau out. Um, to go hunting for a goat, and then she takes a a kid goat and uses applies the skins to uh, to Jacob, and basically sends Jacob in to get Esau's blessing, and they basically trick Isaac. Um, Isaac, I think, kind of knew he's like, well, you don't sound like Esau, but he's like, yeah. but he feels him. He feels the goat skin that Rebecca put on his uh, his wrists and the scruff of his neck because Esau was covered in hair you know um much like a um red hair um I think very much uh like almost like uh inky or not inky but uh what was it Uh, Gilgamesh's buddy there um that ran with him but nonetheless um they take and and um they also put the skin of adam on jacob at this point because esau had cut off um, nimrod's head and brought the garment back and then rebecca took the garment and put it on um, jacob so when he went in to get the blessing um you know isaac basically talks about the smell of paradise in the bible that he can smell the smell of, of the skin on him. And it's they don't directly talk about the skin, but they talk about being able to smell the skin, attributes to the skin that are that are related to this skin of Adam, right? Um, and if you get into Madame Blavatsky um, in the, um, in her secret uh, teachings, um, she basically talks about um, Nimrod receiving this garment from Kush, who had stolen it from Noah, right? And he oh, gave it, so to him, right? Um, because it was supposed to go down through the other lines, but Cush basically stole it. And um, right. for the love of Nimrod gave it to him. And Madame Blavatsky says that Nimrod put the skin on at the age of 22 and, and it made him all powerful. Um, and 22 within Masonic numerology, is the number of the of the master builder it is the number of the action of building right because 11 is the idea 22 is the act of building and 33 is the completion um, leading to the new beginning right so 22 is the number of the master builder or the act of building itself so at the age yeah at the age of 20 go ahead
1: yeah it's it's just crazy how like blavatsky as and the you know her connection in all and then the number 22 and Mm. being like it's just fucking
0: bad right right but (laughs) now in other stories not madame blavatsky but in other stories they say that nimrod put the skin on at the age of 20. Um but when you start getting into, you know the fact that they were practicing divination, they were involved in all these, you know, um esoteric ideas of the turning of the heaven, rituals and I would believe i I could believe that 22 um, putting that skin on it at, at the age of 22 um, as a, as a distinct possibility in regard to, um, sacred numerology and, and storytelling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um so um but like I said there are some other stories where he puts the skin on. yeah nonetheless he puts the skin on and he becomes you know um all powerful he basically better yeah. become a gibberine, would you say s- something along those lines yeah. yeah yeah um he basically gains this power um and and you know like it's um it smelled of paradise the animals weren't afraid of him he could take down any animal he wanted because they wouldn't run from him um and then you have um jacob and esau right and esau is the great hunter of the family of of you know these these evolving
1: israelites um to to ask you something about um if it's all right with Um, yeah. I know you're on a mate just, wanna, just a quick one here um, when, when I was speaking about Esau uh, with Comedius, um incredible incredible story mate Um uh, sure love that one when to you get together oh yeah that was a great, great yeah thank you mate but there was a, a version of that mentioned where that Esau and Nimrod joined forces joined um, forces Mm. yes um i think that that sounds like i know he, he chops his head off but there's also an alternative version where um they like you know put it all aside and like become make friends oh yeah i believe it um yeah. there's
0: also there's also stories of um at one point um nimrod for being evil he's assault he's sent, uh, by Yahweh sends a swarm of bugs, and one goes in his nose and basically festers in his nose before for a year before it kills him. There's another story oh, of Nimrod. True.
1: <laughs> yeah. um,
0: there's another story of Nimrod where um, because they couldn't get into the doorway to the Garden of Eden after the Tower of Babel fell, that Nimrod basically. Um, Hooks up like a thousand birds to a sleigh, and flies a Watch. sled. Yeah, flies a sled into the heavens, trying to find this door, and is burned up by the sun. So there's, there's, you got to figure. When not, man. You, yeah, when you get into the later rabbinical writings, um, you know it it becomes a lot like um, modern uh, Marvel and DC comics where all these different Nephilim and all the, you know, they have all these powers and they're fighting and like, you know, and it's just, it, it becomes like almost a Marvel kind of scenario. Um, So, and again, back to who was Nimrod. It's, there's so many stories there's so many, um, links and associations and, you know, um, tying, tying of character like to Cain, to Feronius to Niba, you just, you know, you can just go down the line. Um, but, um, it's interesting from my perspective when he's conquering multiple lands and he's, he's like basically, uh, you know, um the Amorites, that was the group that I was trying to think of earlier that Abraham came oh, out of. Right. in the in the and I think the Amorites were the Scythians. Um in regard to the that's just what the Bible called the Scythians was the Amorites. Um yeah, right. but but it's it's just uh yeah,
1: you know. Um yeah. and it's like I, I would because there's so many connections, mate. It's like best to like with the Scythian, like the, the tribes, like, split. Right. And became, they merged with all the tribes, and it's just going, just going on and on and on.
0: And right. Well, and, and so that skin that skin of Adam, because essentially what happens within the Bible is that Esau is hunting Nimrod and yeah. ambushes him and beheads him and steals away with this garment or this... Yes. I- i believe it's a skin um of adam and um but it goes on there's there's a later story um from the 16th century um in the Sefer yesara um that adds the and this is the Sefer yesara is the book that was handed down after the couple fell out of the garden of eden when they set up the first stone circle um, the Sepher Yetsira was handed down um, by, by the angels, or by a specific angel, to basically as a roadmap to allow um, Adam and Eve to find a way to enter back into the Garden of Eden, which was dependent nice. upon the stars, which is the basis of the whole six thousand year calendar. Essentially, you know, and once the six thousand year calendar is up and that's when we will actually have heaven come to earth or we will return into a heavenly state in accordance to the hebrew philosophy right um but the Sefer yesra says that nimrod um had a son called mardon who was even more evil and wicked than he was
1: really mardon M- m-a-r-d-o-n yeah m-a-r-d-o-n, M-A-R-D-O-N. I mean, yeah, I didn't like that. That's, I mean, again, they the nefarious side of the even that's intriguing, but I never heard even heard of uh, this modern character. Uh, I, what's uh, what's the shit like on him? would You say well,
0: that they didn't really give any more specifics. You know, right, it, right. Like a lot of these things, you just get like a single sentence.
1: Yeah, and yeah. it's like I mean, it's yeah. so so far, this is what we got. You know, take into consideration how it was even recorded in the first place. Right, right. Like well, think get the shitloads on him for all we know.
0: Right, and and you it's go back. Fast. So when you go back into the histories, um, before things were written down, it was all vocal tradition. You know, yeah, yeah. and um, the vocal tradition of the time was based around singing and chanting. So a lot of the structures of these um, these texts are set up for chanting and singing. And and the deal was the reason they were sung or chanted um, was because it was a way, it was a, a mechanism. For the people to be able to teach it and remember it so yeah. that that way it was handed down and if you sung it it had to go to a melody which in order to change the the story um you would almost have to change the melody so it was a way to keep the story consistent and the same through the songs and the chanting but i think yeah. that as these as these songs and chants um transitioned between cultures and societies based upon the different languages you have different machinations of the names and the stories morphing almost in a fractal like manner you know just just naturally you know yeah so but then it wasn't until you know some of these later um rabbis that a lot of these stories were beginning to be written down
1: you know yeah do you think do you think robert i, I, it's, I don't think it's, it's not related to uh, nimrod as such i would say but you, I'm, I'm talking about uh referring to you know like the sound aspect of it then um uh, you know mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not sure the name of the temple but you know like one of the south americans it might have been one of the aztecs or mayans i'm not sure what it is so i apologize in advance um they had like the way it was set up it was like um an amplifier sound so like somebody at the way the bottom speaking and it would amplify right right it's a huge area is that something along this line would you say something similar
0: Yeah, I think when you get into um, the chanting of certain tones, um, we see in several cases um, in some of the underground cities in the Middle East, they found chambers where you can stick your head in them and you, um, you would intonate a certain vowel sound and that whole chamber would resonate with, it would like amplify that resonant tone and I think that, um if you did it long enough, it would literally change the function of the brain, um possibly causing it to scream Shit. DMt um, and basically to uh, create the certain mystic experiences um, through the intonation of these vowels. and and when you take the vowels, the a e i o u, um, sometimes W and sometimes Y, right? That's a total of seven um, different sounds um, relating to the seven manifestations of reality. Um, but these seven sounds were essentially what they called the hymn of Osiris. And the high priests would chant right. these these sounds in succession. Um, and then that follows through to Pythagoras um who basically came up with the chord structure which led to the modern musical tuning we have for music now um which i believe yeah so these these resonant frequencies that were once sacredly um hummed and chanted and these chambers used for resonant focus of the frequencies to change the function of the brain itself um i think that these were handed down and are now currently what we use as the modern tuning for current music in the world
1: yeah uh, it is beyond incredible to think that that's what they would do with batman
0: But think about it, man. Why do people when they go to concerts and, you know, like, you know, a lot of people I know, they're like going to shows. They say it is their church, you know, and those tones when you got point you know and and when you go to these shows and you're in the crowd and these tones are enveloping your body and you're feeling them moving through you and and like giving you goosebumps or causing certain you know even potentially making you cry or laugh depending upon the situation you know these these tones affect the the physiology of the body itself you know and then That's you get sure. in- Well, and then you get into MKUltra and like it was uh, Owsley, um, who was the chemist for the Grateful Dead, when he was making the wall of sound, they were layering frequency over frequency over frequency. And they said they were trying to affect the emotions of the people in the crowd by layering these frequencies in certain ways so you know this is this is a long-standing practice and even into yeah. modern uh intelligence you know you got what they call you ever heard of the brown note
1: the brown note, i don't know
0: yeah so they came up uh like military intelligence and darpa basically came up with what they call the brown note and if they if they put this frequency on you it will make you uh defecate in your pants <laughs> So these frequencies, you know, long standing, um, the the sound of the. You know, the sound is, you know, what does it say, you know, um, God said, let there be light. You know, it's always based around the idea that first, you know, the, the speaking is the thing that intonates and focuses and creates reality itself. So the the tone of these sounds and these frequencies, um, I think, is a very impar- important part of our inner relationship with what reality is itself. I think it's huge, mate. Um,
1: sound, sound especially. Um, okay. um, a couple of episodes ago about uh, about like art, like visual as well. Mm. It's huge. Yeah. It really is. That's why I admire the work you do, mate. Um, Thanks, man. You you know, it's just me. Art, it's just um, incredible, mate. And what 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 you can do visually.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Well, and that's you know, uh, the sound plays with the ears, and the the art plays with the eyes. You know, yeah, so and and that's you know, getting back into the art. Um, these are all symbols, you know, all these things we're talking about, as far as the fawn skins, the jaguar skins, the you know, um, they all directly relate symbolically
2: <clears throat>
0: to how reality creates itself around us and our interaction with it.
1: Robert, uh, I, I didn't expect it to be so um it's all this is deep listen. <laughs> so
0: now I got one more little part I want to go over. Um and then yeah. that'll pretty much wrap up what I've got. Um <laughs> so and this is this is uh kind of kind of the darker part. Um but Pompeii, um he tells us that the ancient fire gods and Nimrod was behind setting up the worship of fire. Um, he says that they were um, giant. The the ancient fire gods were giant black serpents entwined like a caduceus, and and these, really? yep, these black serpents of that we see within the worship um, of the the mystery schools and the uh priests of ball or the cannibals um are the earliest reference um that we see um this caduceus um as far as the intertwining serpents um which could relate to um genetics as far as dna itself
1: you know um, that's super super interesting for it to be like like used in that, that context as well Margin, right, right. <laughs> um, but
0: pompey tells us that in the un- underground labyrinths um the cannibal lords or the these cannibal priests the cannibals the priests of baal right um they practiced what they called refere ritus cyclopum. cyclopum um and they would chant um with blue rings painted around their eyes right which, um, when you look at the meta logo, um, it's the two rings and you're placing them over your eyes, right? Um, and they would basically, um, chant with these blue rings around their eyes and give sacrifice, um, by eating the flesh of, uh, the sacrificial victim. And it was kind of, uh, You know, um, there was an ancient rite that the high priest always had to take part in the sacrifice. So when they would sacrifice animals, the priest would receive a certain portion of the animal um, that didn't go to the God. Um, Usually the best parts were held for the priests. And they but there was there was a it was it was a natural thing that the priest had to participate in this. So through the sacrifice of humans. Um, these these cannibals, these priests of ball, were basically the you know cannibals, and and um and when Nimrod was reborn, um, you know, basically, um, Nimrod was reborn. Um, he was a black serpent enveloped in fire. That was his representative symbol was one of these black serpents in fire right and these these black serpents um this fiery serpent would stand before a woman with a crown of 12 stars and um this fiery reborn nimrod um, devouring this queen of heaven's children as they are being born so as the queen of heaven would birth the children this black fiery serpent being the representation of Nimrod would devour his, these children, right? His own children. And where do we see that symbolically? We see Saturn or Kronos devouring his own children later on. So. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So Nimrod as the devouring fire to which the infants were fed in sacrifice and we have with Baal, the stat, you know, the statues of Baal, um, where they would fire them up and then the children were given to the fire, basically. So again, I think that goes back to Nimrod as well. Um, and the Druids, um, they said that the fruit of the body um, was for the, it was given for the sin of the soul. So um and uh in the sumerian literature i wish i had it in front of me but they talk about the fact that these sacrifices um were given specifically as the lubrication almost that would keep the gears of the universe turning so it like we were the bread um sacrifice um to to keep the heavens rotating,
1: on on the wheel, you know. Hey, I, I just um, as crazy as this is anyway. It's, it's nuts, mate. I love it, um, but just like to uh, connect it with crosses on Saturn. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's the mean. thing.
0: You know you see this you see this cut up God as a continuing theme. you see the the um the God eating its children as a continuing theme. Um, it's just uh, I mean, when you go back to it, um, I almost you know Aldous Huxley writes about the idea of the perennial philosophy, and I almost think that um all these practices um and all these different um kind of things tie into one another um through the mystery schools and the spreading of the mystery schools through the commerce and the you know the war um aspects as far as the uh you know um as the soldiers would move you know worshiping mithras um who going, going back to mithras um we talked about before that zoroastrianism yeah. had to go underground and was basically reborn as Mithraism, and then we have in the bible the quote that i you know showed you earlier where they yeah. talk about zoroaster being nimrod so you know again who who or what is nimrod yeah it's it's, it's quite the uh, expansive
1: topic <sighs> i think could be an understatement mate yeah. right yes robbie um uh, i mean this was a, a, a wow this, well. this was a, a last minute thing mate and i can't thank you enough for it
0: yeah so yeah. the notes the after you after you got a hold of me you were like hey you know yeah. you want to come on? i was like yeah and you're like you want to talk about nimrod and i picked up <laughs> the notebook that was on top of all the notebooks and in the back, I just flipped through it. And the front is about um, Mary Queen of Scots, a bunch of notes I took on her, but the back, the whole back of it, like the last 20 pages is all just Nimrod stuff. And I was like, oh, I was like, There's <laughs> just the right, you know, so it was easy. It was quick. It was stuff I already had together. And it yeah. just kind of, after you asked me, it just kind of like yeah. ended up in my hand. So it was yeah. like really kind of an easy thing. So and it's yeah. something that sure. I'm pretty pretty in depth um as far as uh, knowing of already, you know. Yes, mate.
1: I mean I mean I've heard you did this series on uh, the New York agent, mate, which was just if anybody's not heard that, check it out. It's mm. it, it, an incredible series, but you yeah. like consolidated and condensed it uh, into it's fucking perfect for me mate it's it's not yeah, it, really it's it, unbelievable robert
0: if anybody wants to listen to that nimrod series if they go to uh, my meta mindcast um it's the first four shows um that are on the meta mindcast yeah mate uh, yeah that's m e t t a m i n d c a s t all one word and you can find those links also at my uh, link tree the um r-m-a-r-x
1: yeah i was just gonna say that mate plug your socials and you you know you look i'll add them all to show notes anyway like we normally do mate. But yeah plug what plug where you want, rub it in. just before before you go mate uh do you have an update on your book please
0: yeah so i've talked to the editor um it's a little more than halfway done being edited <laughs> and um i have a couple of the illustrations that I'm working on now, so it's man, yeah, it's it's not an easy process. It's just taking
1: longer than I, than I had planned, you know. Yeah, so, I'm sure it'll but, happen. I'm sure it'll all happen before, before it's when it's meant to, mate.
0: Yeah, but it's funny because the editor, he's like, he sends me a question, and then he go re- he goes to research it himself, and he's like, oh, never mind, I found it, and he's like, the more. <laughs> The more he has to go through and edit it, that he's like researching all the stuff as he's editing it. And he's like, This is just fucking
1: blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I barely <better> can imagine. <laughs> yeah, a... I love it. I love it. I can't wait, mate. <laughs> but but it's getting it's getting there, you know. Yeah, nice one, robbie I can't yeah. wait for that. Yeah, so do you wanna plug everything, mate, please, while you go, uh...
0: Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, Twitter's where I put a lot of my kind of book notes as I go and also kind of talk some political trash. Um, Instagram, <laughs> I pretty, yeah, I pretty much post images and snippets of my life. And then Facebook is kind of secondary and I just kind of have everything I post on Instagram, go to Facebook as well. Cause there's a lot of people on Facebook. Um, but then I also have the MetaMindcast, which is M-E-T-T-A-M-I-N-D, C A S T, all one word. And all those links you can find at my link tree, which is R Marks, R M-A-R-X, all
1: one word. That's brilliant that mate. Um I like say link tree as well. Um do you help me set my I just need to get everything added to it. Yes. Yeah.
2: It's
1: fine to fit it all in mate, but, Uh yeah, any work what Robbie's done, if you've never heard it, you know, follow him on whatever platform you listen to. Um, and he's got some quality content. We've got quite a lot of shows that I've learned, have It's all fucking, always been spot on, mate.
0: Yeah, I have, I like to have fun with it, man. You know,
1: yeah, yeah, it's good, mate. It? And especially when you, the different content, what you do as well, Robbie, that's what I like about it yeah yeah
0: so uh right now um new york Patriot and i are doing a series on um solomon's temple so oh,
1: man, that will be i cannot yeah. wait for that when, you, when you're doing that mate
0: um we got the first one done we're about to do the second one i'm pretty sure we're gonna end up doing three three parts so nice um, yeah, well that's, you know, that's in the works
1: right are, are you gonna release it on Meta Minecast too, but it's yeah. what.
0: Oh Not yeah, fast. it'll be. Af, you know, generally after whatever show I'm on, after it's released, um, I usually like to like you know give that show however long to kind of get some hits, and then I throw it up on the MetaMindcast. You know, so. But yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, you, you, it makes sense, mate. But you get everything you've done added onto it because uh, you, you've. Before you started uh, your show, mate, you've done a lot of podcasts already.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing, man. Really, it's just a matter of what am I researching currently, you know? And it's kind of like this whole Peleg thing as far as the uh, architect of the Tower of Babel. That's one of the new things I stumbled on Um, as far as the the two lines of the masons. Um, and I, I came across that because they can't, the, the, the Persian masons and the Judaic masons come together, um, to build Solomon's temple, you know, and then after that, there's kind of a big fight between them. Um, and uh, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, Hebrew masons, um, continue to run Solomon's temple And then the Persian Masons, who are the Hiramites, um, they basically become the Samaritans. And, you know, so there's always been this kind of fight between the Jewish and the Samaritan. And I think it goes back to uh, the Solomon's Temple issue, you know, Um, because after after Solomon's Temple was built, um, the Persian Masons were kind of like rejected and they didn't really want them there. And, like, they tried to be part of Solomon's temple, and they were constantly rejected. And then when Rome finally went in and took down Solomon's temple, um, these Samaritans, Rome, the state of Rome was like, are you guys still, you know, um, part of, of the temple system? And they were like, nope. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was a wise note, that as well. Yeah, because they, they didn't want to get,
0: get, get taken down as well, you know. Yeah, he wanted
1: them as well.
0: They yeah, took yeah. home. Um, but also that, that the uh Plutarch's lives, as far as finding Mother Rhea being the um the the mother of um um the founders of Rome, you know, as far as Romulus and Remus um being that lupa, Mother Rhea being the lupa yeah. that raised Romulus and Remus. Um it just it just goes into the continuing saga of me following these serpent kings through time, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mate, you're doing an absolutely fascinating job. I love your work, Robert. Um, Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, again, it's been a true honor speaking with you. Um, I can't wait till you speak again. I really can't. but that was? <laughs> fucking mint, that mate. Nice one, Robert. <laughs> yes. That oh, was brilliant That was fun, man Yeah, for sure Yes, it was, mate uh, Right, mate I'm going to stop With now But uh, don't go anywhere
2: Please As we move forward Anytime you come Closer to something Your vision Should get clearer Am I right? You are a tool and a hidden hand is using you. Please don't be delusional. The rulers of this world practice confusing you. The people and the priests and the imams have been jammed by government scams. Minds systematically programmed. Blatant black hatred and racism. The way they laced the whole world and nation with traces of Satanism. This place is a pagan prison. The founding fathers' enslaving intentions were no different than Bush's and Reagan's visions. 1776 took action. This Illuminati took fall. Spawned from a Colombian faction. Just send your one dollar bill over. And if you want me to expose the true code of deception, I will show you. We live in a design wicked system. The number 13 is consistent in Masonic symbolism. It represents transformation. 12 completes a cycle, so 13 was rebirth and regeneration. The meanings of the symbol are strategically here. On the left side, you see a 13 layer pyramid. Over that, sits the all seeing eye with a Light shines, a sign of the devil watching over you at all times. With the words Anuit Kweptis, 13 letters meaning he has favored our undertakings. Will you accept this? Or oh, will you learn the science and ignore them? Under the pyramid you see novas those seclorum. Translated, new order of the world, or the new world order. Author the satanic fathers of mass slaughter. The eagle that you see on the right sits below 13 stars for the shield that has 13 stripes. And an a branch in its claws with 13 leaves, which is supposed to be in his talent to represent peace. But peace was always on a decrease. His other claw holds 13 arrows of war, set to be released. And the letters at the bottom of the pyramid are fixed with the Roman numerals that equal 1776. The United States of America exists in a deep, devilish abyss with truth and paganism hits. Every precedent that ever lived was foul. They gather at Bohemian Rome where they bow down. Before the all, see the owl is wide and siege through the darkness of night. And there's a small one on the dollar near the one on the top right. It ain't hard to understand, this government was never for us. The eagle was based off of the Egyptian hawk Horus. Thirteen colonies who went through wicked sovereignty and made no apology for the obvious ideology. Subconsciously, we followed the ways of the beast and pay homage to pagan gods when we say days of the week. Like Sunday, we worship the sun, Monday is moon day. Dear, the god of war was virtue on Tuesday. Odin, the chief goddess, who Wednesday is named for. Thursday is Thursday, god of thunder, the mighty Thor. Friday was named after Frigga, notice the pattern. Saturday is the Roman god of agriculture. Saturday Frigga was the goddess of love, the wife of Odin. The polytheistic theology needed decoding. rituals, like trips across the sand, as man takes the skull and bones fraternity. The secret handshakes would understand. He receives only 33 degrees. He secretly believes in Lucifer and other deities. Many powerful and rich people are controlled by bees. They even hold the soul of several of your favorite MCs. Politicians telling lies, tongues riddled with thorns, and use hand gestures shaped in the form of devil horns. You don't fear the city hard because you don't know what it entails. Satan tampered with steel cells as gray as K trails. The so called holidays are hypocrisy, established to use religious doctrines to commit annual robbery. Christmas split in half is Christmas, the so-called birth of Jesus where every home has glowing lights cast Christ the anointed one mass the birth celebration Jesus' birth was kept secret due to the situation the king initiated a death plot cause the messiah was prophesied to rule so Jesus' murder was authorized no one knows the actual date that's why sometimes X X means unknown but ignorance affects us a fraud that was purposely flawed December 25th the birth day of the wicked ruler Nimrod his whole disguise was part of Satan's universal wise a holy prophet's life being pimped and commercialized traditions like lights on trees rooted in the Nicene Council in 325 AD Constantine these matters were decreed the concept of a virgin birth was actually conceived and then agreed with graven images in the temple the fish on your car is called onus a Babylonian symbol is visibly contradictory telling your children lies you need to make them study. Santa Claus is sick history, but yet we go wherever Satan leads us. The falsehoods we practice in his name ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. Yeah, yeah.